Hi, I'm Adam Sanford. I'm an academic life coach and professor in Los Angeles. And I'm Dinur Bloom. I'm a college professor in Los Angeles. And this is Learning Made Easier, a podcast where we discuss how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap. Welcome back to Learning Made Easier. This is episode 116, How to Deal with FOMO, The Fear of Missing Out. We were asked how to deal with prioritizing. What do you keep? What do you cut out as you move into and through college? When we looked at this question, we realized the heart of it was the fear of missing out or FOMO. How do you deal with FOMO when you're a college student? First, we should probably define what FOMO is. According to Psychology Today, FOMO is a pervasive apprehension that others might be having rewarding experiences from which one is absent. Merriam-Webster's dictionary defines it as the fear of not being included in something such as an interesting or enjoyable activity that others are experiencing. In other words, you're worrying that if you miss a particular experience, other people will get a benefit from it that you didn't get because you weren't there. Now, what is a rewarding experience? Well, essentially, it's an experience that has the potential to give you greater personal gratification or satisfaction than other experiences. So if you have the choice between going to a motivational speaker's speech and going to a Broadway play, for example, you might find the speech will help you more with work, but the play will make you feel like you're more in step with current trends and popular culture. So if you're an accountant, that speech will probably be more rewarding because it'll help you with your workplace woes. But if you're a movie critic, you might want to see the play because that will add to your professional stock of knowledge about popular culture. Now, in that example, the choice is pretty easy to make, but FOMO rears its ugly head when you have two choices that are similar, two speeches or two Broadway plays. And now you might experience stress because either of those could be the rewarding experience, but how are you gonna know until you go to one or the other of them? And if you go to the wrong one, then you'll feel like you've missed out. Now let's look at that in college. In college, you have dozens of possible experiences available every term. This class, that internship, a new club or extracurricular activity. How do you choose? If you haven't decided on a major, how do you even decide on classes? If you're invited to rush two sororities or three fraternities, how do you pick? There are too many options. And if you have FOMO, you probably want to keep them all open. Social media also ramps up as a FOMO channel in college. Every party you miss, every event you can't go to, even a get together with friends at a local coffee bar, can turn into an experience you missed out on that could have been a rewarding experience. According to Linda and Charlie Bloom, no relation, two psychotherapists who specialize in this problem, FOMO is what happens when a person overcommits in the hopes that they will somehow catch all those rewarding experiences and then fails to fulfill many of those commitments because they're in conflict with each other. They're happening on the same day at the same time. The other way it happens is when a person simply avoids agreements and commitments completely. And according to the Blooms, a big marker that you have FOMO is if you just keep saying, well, I want to keep my options open. I want to keep my options open. 
even just checking your text messages can be a sign of FOMO. If you're one of those folks who checks their phone every couple minutes just to make sure you didn't miss a text message or an email or a voicemail, you're making the problem worse. Instead of satisfying your brain that you've checked and now you don't need to check again, you're making yourself more focused on the next text or the next email. And in your mind, even five minutes could make a huge difference. And so you've got to make sure you hear and see every important message. You have to see it all right away as it's happening. So you don't, say it with me, miss out on anything. The problem is trying to keep track of everything means you can't focus on anything. At some point, you will need to make choices about what actually deserves your focus and what can be ignored or wait until later. FOMO can have a really negative effect on your success in college, too. Some research shows that smartphone use for social connection and interaction actually leads to increased physical, psychological, and mental health issues, including compulsive behaviors, addictive behaviors, and nomophobia, the actual fear of being disconnected from your smartphone and what it connects you to. We've looked at several sources to compile this list of ways to overcome FOMO, and we'll link to those sources in the show notes. From our sources, the main ways you can combat FOMO include slowing down, reducing social media interactions, noticing and being actively grateful for what you have in your life, figure out your personal priorities, taking one thing at a time, making the active decision not to have it all, prioritizing relationships over stuff and experiences. We'll talk about each of these briefly. So first, slowing down means just that, slowing down. Part of FOMO is this incredible need to rush from one thing to the next to the next to the next because you're trying not to miss anything. But think about it. When you're rushing, are you actually experiencing anything beyond the stress of rushing? Slowing down gives you the opportunity to really experience something in depth in ways that it will be meaningful and memorable. The next thing is you've got to reduce your social media interaction. Shut off Snapchat. Turn off TikTok. For the older folks in the crowd, fold up your Facebook and stop looking at it all the time. Social media creates this nasty illusion that everyone in your social circle is accomplishing more, doing more, experiencing more, having more, and being more than you are due to its carefully curated design. Everyone on social media, they're only sharing the best parts of their lives to it. That perfect cake they baked, the great photo they got of that sunset or that winding road, the unmasked get together they had with three other vaccinated friends. You get the picture. You're seeing everyone's highlight reel, but you're experiencing your own blooper reel at the same time. And of course, those don't compare very well. Let people know that you're pulling back from the phone apps, that they need to send the most important things to your email address and give yourself some social media space and put your phone in a different room to charge when you're working on something that needs your attention. You can't check it if it's not nearby and you can't hear it go silence it too so that you can't hear it go ding. Just take a little time to curate that social media and make sure that you're not being overwhelmed by it. When you've reclaimed some of that time from social media, then take it to notice what you already have and feel some gratitude for it. Your health, your friends, your family members, that last book you read or video game you really enjoyed, the meal you just prepared, take some time and cultivate an attitude of gratitude. One researcher found that just thinking of three things to be grateful for each day made his life a lot less stressful and a lot more happy. Figuring out your personal priorities is another avenue you can pursue. 
part of the problem with FOMO is we feel flooded with choices, so it's hard to know what's important. But part of what you do in college is figure out who you are, what your values are, and what's important to you. So spend some time thinking about all those things you feel like you're missing out on. Is it really necessary to go to that party? How about that internship? Is it working for you, or are you doing it because your friends did it and you didn't want to miss out? The class you took to fill up your electives. Do you need that class or is it just filler? Is it something you're genuinely interested in or are they empty units? Seriously think about what you want out of life and what activities and choices should be at the top of your priority list. Yet another tactic against FOMO is to take life one day or one thing, one event at a time. If you figured out your priorities, this will be easier because you can decide that today, you're going to work on that project for your art class. Tomorrow, you're going to spend time with friends who really know you well, but you're not going to try to do them both at the same time because you're committing to monotasking or doing one thing at a time. See what it's like when you focus completely on one activity. You'll probably enjoy it more, do it better, and remember it more clearly. Related to this is making the active decision not to have it all. The minimalists are pros at this, and so is Marie Kondo and several other people who talk about reducing the clutter in your life. Using their techniques to identify what's really important and what you can live without can go a long way in reducing FOMO as well. Deciding you don't want it all, you just want what works for you, can be enormously freeing. And finally, prioritize your relationships over getting more stuff or having more experiences and prioritize experiences over stuff. Your connections with other people are going to be the strongest source of memories and good times. And sharing experiences with those people, that's gonna strengthen both the relationship and the experience. So if you have to choose between going to a park alone or going with a friend, ask the friend to go with you so you can spend some time together. Keep your stuff to a minimum. Always ask yourself, do I need this and do I already know where I'm going to put it when I'm not using it? If you can't answer both those questions, put it back because you either don't need it or you don't have space for it in your life right now. Now I want to talk about dealing with FOMO as both a photographer and as a scholar. There are times I get asked by few sites to photograph a game, whether it's baseball, whether it's hockey, and sometimes I have to pass on it because I need to get some stuff for work done, whether that's writing some research, whether it's doing some teaching prep and making sure I'm ready for tomorrow's classes, whether it's working with Adam on this podcast. And there's not FOMO based on caring who wins and loses a game, but that FOMO of I've got to prioritize my work over this game, my FOMO is I wonder what picture I could have gotten on that goal that was scored or on that save or on that hit. And I have to be okay with that. I have to accept it. When I'm at a rink or at a ballpark, there's still FOMO. I'm shooting the event, but I'll wonder, what am I getting from this seat that I could have gotten from a different angle? Would I have been able to see that play a little bit better, get a better picture of it? And I've had to learn. And it's tough to learn that you're not going to capture absolutely every detail of the game perfectly from any one location. You're going to get some great views on certain plays, and you're going to have some that are just in your blind spot. I have to learn to be okay with not 
doing everything and not capturing everything. And that's tough. But learning to accept that helps me maintain a good balance and understanding my limits helps me understand my strengths. I might not be able to do absolutely everything, but here are the kind of shots I do get really, really well when I'm photographing from this area of the rink or this area of the ballpark. And my husband and I spent the first part of the pandemic lockdown finishing the Marie Kondo process that we had begun about three or four years before that. And we had been avoiding the kitchen and we had been avoiding the dining room because it was all things where we're like, how are we going to let go of any of this? And then we cleaned up and we cleared out and we packed like eight boxes full of stuff to take to the Goodwill. And we both just began to feel lighter, like our apartment was something we could suddenly manage. We moved in here almost eight years ago. We rearranged the cupboards. We put certain things that we used all the time where we could reach them, except on a high shelf where they'd been stuck when we first unpacked. We started you know, moving things that we didn't use so often to high shelves where we didn't need to have them on a low shelf, even though they'd been there since we unpacked. And that suddenly made our kitchen a more usable space. So a lot of people have said, oh, it's so hard to cook. Maybe organize your kitchen <laughs> because it'll be easier to cook if you know where everything is. And if you can reach it, like if you're like me and you're short, then you don't need to shout, hey, I need the tall person to get the mixing bowl down for the 19th time. Just have it on the lower shelf, right? And we've spent more time spending time with friends, too, both through online methods like Zoom and more recently in person as the pandemic has eased up in our area. And we began prioritizing people over experiences and prioritizing experiences over stuff. And frankly, we've never been happier. The way students can use this, make a conscious decision to slow down. Stop needing to have it all. Prioritize people first. Making these changes to how you approach college life will bring back multiple rewards as you find yourself getting the experiences and making the memories that are most meaningful to you. And teachers, tell your students to slow down and tell them it's okay. I make a joke of this by quoting a character from the musical Come From Away. He's a Newfoundlander and he's a cop and he says, you know, I pull them over when they're speeding and I write them a warning ticket. I write STFD, slow the f down. And I tell students this, I tell them write down STFD and put it on a sticky note and stick it right next to your computer to remind you to slow down. And I've had a number of students tell me that one piece of advice was just invaluable because it allowed them to take a breath and decide what they wanted to do next. Instead of feeling like they were pushed into it or rushing into it, they could make a choice. What am I doing next? And slowing down is just crucial. So that's what we have for you in episode 116. If you're finding this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. We're always hoping to get new subscribers so we can help more people. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Android. We're hosted on Blueberry.com. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you wrote a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to join us next week for episode 117, when we'll talk about why sleep and food really matter when you're a student. You've been listening to Learning Made Easier, a podcast about how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap. We want to say thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon who make this podcast possible. If you want to support us, please go to www.patreon.com slash learningmadeeasier. And we look forward to seeing you next week.